My name is Mary Grace, and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Here, we explore what it means to practice embodiment, which is practicing home inside our own selves and also within our wider body, which is the earth. These spiritually and artfully minded conversations center healing, magic, astrology, intuition, art, wellness, creativity, social and environmental justice as the practices that help us witness more relationship, meaning, and purpose. We are here to approach life as a conscious process, and my hope is to enliven you, encourage you to hone your intuition, connect to your own center, so together we can cultivate more wisdom and self-trust and be dynamic agents of beauty, people who are fully awake and with our power intact. We're here to be more intentional as we approach the creation and caretaking of life, and we are here to make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I hope this finds you holding up through some of the kind of heavy astro weather this week. I know that I am leaning heavily into working on and with gratitude right now as an antidote to many things. And I'm increasingly grateful for all of you. It really is such a privilege to share with you all and to be held in reciprocity as I slowly get to know you all better and hear your voices in sessions, in our Mighty Networks group, and even in the sweet responses I get back from you all through email. It is, again, such a privilege and an honor to be in conversation with you all and to contribute in any way to your well-being and your transformation. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of that. I've been working on new things for you all in the works and kind of brainstorming new formats and ways that I can serve you better. And I'm excited as they start to take more shape and form, you know, what that will start to look like. And I'll be sharing more about that in the coming weeks. In today's episode, I'll talk about the full moon in Libra happening tomorrow and some of the kind of peak transits happening over the next couple of weeks. Before we jump into that, um, this Saturday, October 17th, is the last day to get $10 off of this month's group healing circle. This is a remote offering happening on October 31st. And it happens via Zoom, and it has been such a powerful and beautiful gathering the past couple of months. It is an energetic transmission aimed at your own alignment and sovereignty and healing and rest and love. And if you're worried about not being able to make it on the live call on the 31st, don't be. That doesn't matter. We have had several really special feedbacks from folks who were not on the call at all and who were just chilling at home during that time but they still encountered a powerful healing moment. So if you're interested in joining us, whether on technology or not, on October 31st, then you can save $10 if you register by this Saturday. There's a link below in the show notes where you can do that, or you can also head over to uh, my website, mgallardice.com forward slash calendar. And it's also my birthday towards the end of this Libra season, uh, which has been an interesting year for that. So I've set up a code for you all that you can use until the end of the month to get a percent discount off a one-on-one session with me. Uh, And the code is BIRTHDAY, all caps, 2020. And you can use it on any 60-minute or longer session um, when you book between now and October 22nd. 
some hidden gift for all the squeeze at the end of this this Libra season <laughs> that we're we're all feeling in some way or another. So, I also have a free gift for you all um, that I put together this week. It is a guided meditation for this new moon in Libra tomorrow and just for this season in general. Uh, I've been speaking a lot about surrender in sessions and it's been coming a lot up a lot for me personally as well. And um, in my emails, I've been speaking about how surrender is you know, integral to resilience. And so this meditation is to help you connect to that part of yourself where you can access your own resilience and endurance and peace. It's completely free. It is a gift for you. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And the more healing and peace that we can access for ourselves, the more uh, positively and transformatively we can connect with the world around us. So you can, again, find that at the link below and it will get sent right to your inbox. In the line of that, it's something I've been noticing and dealing with and reorienting around is, you know, it's definitely not a moment to be asleep in the world, but really thinking about how can we be awake in ways that are sustainable? How can we stay in the present so that we can access the support that we need and the answers that we need? And when we don't feel strong or resilient or at peace, it's really hard to do that. So I hope that this meditation can help support you in that. And I want to also clarify that I don't define being awake. You know, it doesn't mean that I obligate myself to every new post or every new bit of information or news. In fact, I think that that actually leads to almost an inability to be truly compassionate um, I think it leads to overwhelm and numbness and potentially trauma. And there's a way that we kind of have to go to sleep when we're in that zone so that we can just survive. It's so much. I think being awake means that we can put our attention where it is most effective. And being awake means that, you know, just because someone says something doesn't mean that I have to believe it or doesn't mean that it's true. We're seeing all of these agendas right now behind every bit of news, all of these blatant power grabs and money grabs that are only in the interest of the greedy and the elite, and they're pretending to be in the interest of everyone. And being awake means that we know how to care for ourselves. We know what our capacity is, and we know how to honor and respect that capacity so that we can see things more clearly so that we can not be as easily swayed by fear or by simply reacting to the world around us, kind of being tossed around. So again, <laughs> grab your free meditation below if it's helpful, if it calls to you. Um, it's here to be a gift. And if you um, get emails from me every week, you can find it in that today as well. And we're on the tail end of quite an intense Libra season. Uh, as someone who is a late Libra sun, it has not been the most comfortable of months. Uh, kind of definitely difficult to access all the things that um, Libra wants to usually. And there is a very strong Libra desire in general for justice, for wanting things to be fair and for solutions to be equitable and harmonized with justice and equity. And one of the places that I'm really having to work with surrender right now is to really let go of the resentment and the anger 
that builds so easily this year around all of the lying and the manipulation that's going on and how that is something I cannot control. And when we have scenarios that are predicated on injustice and lying and manipulation, then the solution itself is highly unlikely to not also be partaking in injustice and lying and manipulation if the solution is coming from the same pot, from the same people, from the same environment. And I have to surrender to the fact that I do not control the world or others, and I do not control the news or the political theatrical circus, or I do not control a large portion of the world's money at all. I do not control the circulation of media, but I do have access to my own spirit. And this is where I've had to just surrender to my own limitations, but I think therein is also access to more of our own power. Because when we spend all of our time being out and trying to control others and being tossed around by the out and what we find out there, then we lose the power that we have within. And when I surrender, I find that I can access more of this this spirit inside of me, this eternal spark and the part of me that is enduring and old and wise. And I can be about my business, building a world and beliefs and values and relationships that center the world that I want. I can be, it's not about managing all the things outside of me because that's impossible. But when I surrender to the limitations and the actual capacity of who I am, I can be about cultivating my imagination and the bliss that can change some of the sphere of this moment and lead me to my own truth. And so that what I bring to the world then is from that space instead of bringing to the world even more reactivity that comes from me trying to manage all of the ridiculousness, all of the sadness, the tragedy, all the lying. There is no new energy when we're caught in this place of reactivity. There's no new vision in reactivity. We have to get outside of this arena of reactivity in order to access the thoughts and the wisdom and the actions that really can lead us to a new world. So what can you do this week to pull yourself out of the field of reactivity? And how can you pull your intellect and your attention and your heart away from the sphere of other people's posts and whims and this this desire to kind of manage and control and respond and get upset based on what other people think is true or what other people are doing. I have been doing as little as possible on social media the past couple weeks, and it has been really amazing. And it is scary as an entrepreneur to be uh, less involved in that space um, for a lot of reasons. Um, But this distance has really just only strengthened my resolve to continue to create other ways that we can connect on the internet and be together in ways that are more authentic and to be together in ways that aren't being data mined or exploited and misused by others. And again, it's something that I'm actively working on and I will keep you posted as more of those structures begin to take shape in a few next few weeks. So what can you do to pull yourself out of a field of reactivity and to pull yourself back into a place of action that it's aligned with? with your heart or with your soul or with the truth of who you are, however you like to express that. 
So let's talk about some of the aspects um, we're going to have over the next two weeks. Again, if you would like more aspects, you can access videos for each week um, of the month over at patreon.com forward slash MG Allardyce. You can also find it at the link below. Um, but for today, let's start with, we have the new moon in Libra tomorrow. And this new moon is coming in between some rather difficult aspects for the sun and also the moon because it's a new moon. Um, but the moon is moving through them at a quicker pace. We had the sun facing off Mars on the 13th. And then today, which is Thursday, the 15th, we have the sun in a square to Pluto. And then on the 18th, we have the sun squaring Saturn. So this new moon is kind of happening in between the sandwich of difficult aspects for the sun. And traditionally, when a placement is sort of hedged in on all sides by difficult planets and difficult aspects, it was referred to as a besieged planet. So if you think of a boat out in the middle of the ocean, kind of like those old boats with cannons out the sides, uh, like you can only shoot people next to you, I guess. And, you know, we have our boat of the sun out in the middle of the ocean. And then we, on each side of our sun boat, we have another boat on each side kind of firing right at this little sunboat in the middle of the water. That's about what the sun is going through this week. <laughs> so if you've been feeling drained or squeezed or pressured, that's because it is. If your birthday is between now and the end of Libra season, I feel you. Um, we have the sun moving into Scorpio next week. Um, I feel a little bit of like, oh, thank God. And to me, it's sort of like kind of grabbing your scuba gear and diving into the depths of the ocean <laughs> to at least get away from the shooting of the ship that's happening above water. It's relief in one way. It's safety in one way. It's also intense in other ways. So with the new moon happening on the 16th, I believe it's around um, 3.30 in the afternoon, technically, here on American East Coast time. Um, it's, you know, it's happening on this ship in the middle of the ocean that's getting shot at on both sides. So it's not your typical kind of super peaceful, high vibe, beautiful, let's get everyone together and look pretty Libra new moon moment. Um, if you think about being on that ship, it's not exactly, you know, where you would want to invite everyone to. It's not the most conducive atmosphere to doing sacred ritual around all your hopes and dreams. Um, and that's true. This is not really a great moon for that. <laughs> so that doesn't mean it isn't good for anything. Um, it just means that it may not be the best container for, you know, looking into the future and initiating things um, that you want to have, you know, positive outcomes. So we are feeling the shifts and the pressure of this kind of laboring transition and feeling challenges to our sense of self. Things that used to help us feel stable and safe and certain, they're not really guaranteed right now. And so we're having to reorient what helps us feel like who we are. And we're being forced to act and create differently and to relate differently. And to really, we're also being challenged to greet these challenges head on. And I think too, we're being challenged to see the value in not engaging with every fire that shows up because we just don't have that kind of capacity. I also think that it, you know, meeting with new roles, potentially new responsibilities that we're having to take on and also feeling the pressure of that, the heaviness of that. And I think it is a, an endurance marathon that is really showing us that what we are made of at this deep level of surrender 
So with this new moon, I think it's it's more about taking care of what is yours to take care of. You know, if you were on a ship that was getting shot at, like, what would you do? You would protect the things that were valuable. You protect the things that you love. So connecting to what is important to you, protecting that which is valuable to you. Um, you know, what would you do with those things on that boat? You would cover them and nurture them and do what you could to keep them safe and nurtured as best as you could. And this includes you. Yeah. So in this field of reactivity, it, um, it's reminding me, I've been kind of doing some dives into, um, Celtic mythology lately and, um, you know, for obvious reasons. And I think it relates, there's a story that I came across that I think relates really well. Again, if you get my emails every week, I've just been sharing a lot about like fire and fire and, you know, managing fire <laughs> um, because that's so much of what we're doing. And I think this story relates really well to the kind of warriorness that we're talking about, the awakeness, and also specifically, like, how do we show up effectively? And so I'm going to tell it here in brief, um, storytelling is not necessarily my strength, so be gracious with me. Also, my Gaelic pronunciation is not amazing. So if yours is, please forgive me for where I'm at. But I thought this was kind of a timely story for so many reasons. So it takes place at the Manor of Tara, and it's, it's from a cycle of Irish mythology. And... There's a dragon, of course, <laughs> or a goblin that breathes fire. And the dragon's name is Alim. And it's from the other world and it breathes fire. And, you know, it was a member of this kind of magical tribe. And the way that he, the dragon targeted their victims was by kind of playing this sweet fairy music from their harp, which caused the victims to fall into a deep sleep. And so for years, this dragon would, you know, bring their terror and destruction to the hill of Tara. And that's important because Tara was the seat of the high king of Ireland. And so every year on Samhain, uh, which we're coming up on in our own season right now, Alan would arrive at Tara, play this harp and with a lot of enthusiasm and getting everyone to fall asleep under the spell of this beautiful music. And once the dragon had all the guards asleep, um, the dragon would set fire to the halls of Tara. You know, there would just be burning cinders left behind. And when he was done and everyone awoke from their, their spell, um, everyone would have to rebuild the great halls. And this was happening every year. And nobody could kill the dragon because as soon as anyone got close to him, they fell asleep under his spell which is why he was able to keep doing this every year. And so there is an Irish hero with a lot of backstory that comes to this moment, but I won't go into that now for the sake of brevity, but his name is Finn or Fionn. And he is trying to claim back this legacy from his father and become this Fiona warrior. And he comes to the king of Tara and basically says, you know, can I reclaim my father's place in this band of warriors if I take care of this dragon for you, since no one else is able to do that? So, of course, they're like, sure, of course, if you can do that. So, you know, Finn is not necessarily immune to the spell of the music, 
So what he does is he takes a spear and he like positions himself so that when he falls asleep, the spear will kind of prick him in the head and wake him back up. Practice of being awake. And so when the dragon comes on Samhain's Eve and the dragon begins to play the harp, casting the spell for everyone to fall asleep, you know, Finn does fall asleep, but then the spear pricks him back awake. And so he lays in wait for the dragon to get closer. And when the dragon is close and he sees in reaching distance, you know, the dragon opens his mouth and stands in the flames. And then Fionn looks into the mouth and shoots the spear that he's tipped in poison that gets the dragon right at the back of the throat and, of course, kills the dragon. And everyone is enthralled because now they're no longer under threat. The fire is no longer destroying them every year. And then, of course, he ascends to his rightful mythological place as the leader of this kind of banded warriors and all of that. And so I thought it was a really poetic way to think about our awakeness. What are the strategies that we need to set in place to contribute to our awakeness? What kind of resilience and skills do we need in order to stand in the flames of the chaos or whatever it is that's troubling you, whatever it is that's happening right now that is your dragon that is breathing flames? And what kind of aim, what kind of skill, what kind of endurance do we need to be in that position to where we can be victorious of our own self and take our place again as the sovereign, as the king, as the chief of ourselves, of our hearts and of our own story. It makes me think too that because another thing that happens with a lot of heat and pressure and work is birth. And, you know, we use all these kind of, it was a very masculine story and birth is a more feminine representation of the heat and pressure and all of these things. And we can be sure that those things which come to ashes in this moment, they do hold the seeds of what is next. They hold the fertile soil of what is next. That the moment of death that we have all experienced in different degrees this year, by definition, that moment also holds space for a rebirth. And it is this in-between moment that is so valuable we, as a, you know, so that we can know where we stand and have some sense of stability. You know, we always want to rush to the birth or rush to the death so that we kind of know, you know, what's getting destroyed, what's existing, so we can exist in this kind of more fixed place. And I think that that's something that Scorpio season can really offer us um, this year is the ability to be with the discomfort and see the value in transformation. We can see that value enough to be patient in environments which are not comfortable. Scorpions exist all over the world in so many different environments as radically resilient creatures, all because they can adapt and survive in extreme environments because they know how to wait and persist and they know how to be awake at the right moment. They know the right moment to strike, similar to our Irish hero here. And so after this new moon, we have, again, the sun is squaring Saturn on the 18th, kind of highlighting, I think, some of the burdens and pressure of this moment, really seeing all of the conflicts that are going on, the tensions that are going on. We'll, I have a, we'll see them very clearly, I think. They will be, and I think it'll be important to remember to, you know, pull into these wider perspectives um, and to remember that not every moment is this moment. 
and whatever feels heavy and challenging right now it will shift eventually. On October 19th, we have Mars squaring Jupiter. And, you know, Mars in retrograde is not very powerful right now, but they're hot and they're moving very slowly in this retrograde. And things are just not going their way. And Jupiter is a sort of amplification of this slow fire, this frustrated burn, potentially something being blown out of proportion. Um, and again, I think it's important to remember that the conflicts of this moment are not every conflict. Um, that you know, this moment, this month is not the only journey that's happening. It may not even be the mega journey that's happening. And you know, I've also I feel myself. You know, we talk about this arena of reactivity, get kind of swept up and winning like these ideological battles or being right or trying to you know tear down things that just feel so obviously wrong and deceitful and terrible to me. And it's just not really the best use of my energy. Mars and Aries is just going to try to scream louder, to set itself on fire more and more and again. And it's just not really adept at changing its strategy. It's not adept at any an atmosphere that is competitive. Um, it's not good at adjusting itself for you know what it needs to succeed. It only knows how to get hotter. And like our Irish hero, you know, Finn didn't learn to breathe fire so that he could get into a fire-breathing contest with the dragon, but he waited and he stood in the right spot. He did what he needed to do to stay awake, and then he threw the spear at just the right moment. So it was like a perfect scorpion <laughs> whose methods are just getting reviewed right now as Mercury is retrograding through Scorpio. So if you don't want to get stuck in a bunch of conflict right now, I recommend that you stay out of conflict. Um... And if you are in them, just know that yelling louder and breathing more fire is probably not going to put out the fire. So also on the 19th, we have this little Venus trine Jupiter moment at around 3.30 in the morning, um, which we would normally be kind of really excited about. And I'm not saying don't be excited about, um, but both of these planets who want to help and want to do good, they're just not really in awesome positions right now. They're not in positions of power where they're able to offer a lot to the world. So we may find things that are, you know, small things of value or small opportunities or little glimmers of hope. Um, they're both in earth signs right now. So it could be, you know, a good moment to align with the things of earth and um, those things could be more supported potentially. And then on Thursday, the 22nd of October, we have the sun moving into Scorpio. Like I've already talked about, we're just not being very linear today. Um, this deep, intense water and Scorpio is fixed water. So it has more of a still quality. And like the analogy I used earlier of kind of jumping the ship that's getting shot at into the depths of the ocean, that is the sun entering Scorpio moment, I think. You know, we're encountering uncertainty in a different way. Um, if you'll remember back to the episode I did about two weeks ago, I talked about the Mercury retrograde and how the Mars ruled parts of your chart, including Aries and Scorpio, are just simply moving really slowly right now, and they're not able to charge ahead maybe the way that they would normally want to. So again, it's don't push harder where you could exercise patience. So save yourself some energy and some oxygen for this deep dive. 
And then on Sunday, October 25th, we have Mercury in retrograde passing the sun. And this means that this is the halfway point of the Mercury retrograde. So Mercury is switching here from a night planet to a day planet and potentially kind of pulling its finds that it's been finding from investigating deep down in the Scorpio waters and probing and researching and kind of bringing to light some surprising secrets, um, some things that have been invisible or hard to understand or get to kind of more into the daylight where we can see them. And then on Tuesday, October 27th, we have Mercury is retrograded out of Scorpio and back into Libra. And then later on, almost like, what, 10 minutes later, some very close time, Venus actually comes into Libra from the other end, from Virgo. So it's a big, it's a big Libra day on that day. I think it's important to note, too, that a lot of the things that will be coming up you know, with some of these more difficult transits, with these retrogrades ruled by retrogrades and squares, I think it's important to note that, you know, they're not new things. I think a lot of what we're dealing with this year in general, they're not new things, right? They're they're difficult because they're old and they're ugly things that they're now coming to the surface and we're seeing the repercussions and the consequences of, you know, what happens when something old and disgusting and destructive comes to the surface. And we're seeing all those consequences kind of all at once. So whether it's parts of ourselves or parts of society or parts of our country or our relationships, you know, looking at it is not fun. It's not fun seeing all these things come to the surface. But the point of our journey isn't always fun. It's evolution and it's transformation. And, you know, if you think about who who you were, what you were doing back in the beginning of 2020, I bet it's quite different from the person that you are now in a lot of ways. And I bet what you're doing now or how you're doing it is very different. So I bet a lot has transformed within that time frame. I bet some perspectives have shifted. I bet some awareness has grown. And so I would say that then this year is holding some measure of success for you because, you know, you're changing, we're changing. And if your heart is aligned and you're seeking that source and that connection, then there is hope somewhere within that change for you. So whether you're driving right now or whether you're cleaning your bathroom or making food or taking care of someone or, you know, going into your job, you know, whatever you're doing is right now. And I think it's important to remember to just stop. How about we all do that? Just stop whatever you're doing right now, unless you're driving, (laughs) Keep driving, but bring your attention inward and just take a deep breath. Just And find gratitude for this breath. Thank you for this breath that keeps me alive and sustains my being. Thank you for the sun, whether it feels like it's out right now or it's behind clouds, it's still there. Thank you for the food that we're eating today. Thank you for the water. Thank you for the flowers and for the leaves that are slowly collecting on the ground. And thank you for the trees which hold them. Thank the ocean that it is still here. Thank the moon. You know, when we feel surrounded by fear or agitation, whatever the feeling is, it comes from living somewhere besides right now. And if we were able to be, to really take stock of this moment do I have breath? Yes. Am I alive? Yes. Okay. Even if those are the only two things that we have, and if you're listening to this, those are probably not the only two things that you have. We can find a measure of gratitude when we're projecting our worries and our stories and our possible outcomes onto the future. 
that's where the fear boils and the worry grows. And I'm not saying, you know, don't plan or prepare for the future. Like definitely be wise and please do those things. But do so from a place of gratitude. And gratitude is what we find by being in the moment and being where we are. So I'm going to read this poem that I think is also pulling together a lot of these things. And it's, of course, by Joe Harjo, who I, Joy Harjo, who I love. And the name of this poem is When the World as We Knew It Ended. We were dreaming on an occupied island at the farthest edge of a trembling nation when it went down. Two towers rose up from the east island of commerce and touched the sky. Men walked on the moon. Oil was sucked dry by two brothers. Then it went down, swallowed by a fire dragon, by oil and fear, eaten whole. It was coming. We had been watching since the eve of the missionaries in their long and solemn clothes to see what would happen. We saw it from the kitchen window over the sink as we made coffee, cooked rice, and potatoes, enough for an army. We saw it all as we changed diapers and fed the babies. We saw it through the branches of the knowledgeable tree, through the snags of stars, through the sun and storms from our knees as we bathed and washed the floors. The conference of the birds warned us as they flew over destroyers in the harbor, parked there since the first takeover. It was by their song and talk we knew when to rise, when to look out the window to the commotion going on, the magnetic field thrown off by grief. We heard it. The racket in every corner of the world. As the hunger for war rose up in those who would steal to be president, to be king or emperor, to own the trees, stones, and everything else that moved about the earth, inside the earth, and above it. We knew it was coming, tasted the winds who gathered intelligence from each leaf and flower, from every mountain, sea, and desert, from every prayer and song, all over this tiny universe, floating in the skies of infinite being. And then it was over, this world we had grown to love for its sweet grasses, for the many-colored horses and fishes, for the shimmering possibilities while dreaming. But then there were the seeds to plant, and the babies who needed milk and comforting, and someone picked up a guitar or ukulele from the rubble and began to sing about the light flutter, the kick beneath the skin of the earth we felt there, beneath us, a warm animal, a song being born between the legs of her, a poem. Ah. <sighs> She always, she knows everything. <laughs> so now I'm going to just share, um, I did do some channeling, downloaded a message for you all for these next couple weeks that are living under this new moon in Libra lunation. And so, yeah, I'm just here to share that with you all. I guess it's something that I'm doing on the podcast now um, because it keeps feeling like something to offer and something right. So here we go. Nothing about your provision for your life is about being good. You do not have to earn the right to live, to be provided for, to be nurtured by being good.
but is the space where we are brave enough to transgress the rules in honor of our own soul and in honor of our own hearts, where we find tremendous power. There is tremendous power in the undoneness, in that bardo moment of below death, of under the world, of in between one place and the next place. We always want to rush to the next place to get to the next form so that we can orient ourselves and know where we are and create a new sense of stability. And stability is beautiful. But it's not always the calling of each moment. What do you need to sit, to exist, to listen? in this space between one death and another birth. The space where you're kind of hanging on, waiting for the new transformation to arrive, to arise. How can we not grasp at solutions? Can we not be too eager for things that look like solutions but may not actually be the world that we want. Sometimes they wear costumes solutions and they short circuit, they detour our healing, they detour our journey by making it appear that our destination is closer than it is And something in us wants that answer. We want it to be closer than it is or easier than it is or finished when we know it's not quite finished. Or easier when we know actually it may demand quite more strength than we thought we were capable of. And so the challenge would be to find the strength that you didn't know you were capable of, to withstand the short-term solution that may go against the world that you want, the version of your life that you want, the version of you that you want and that you are working to be in alignment with. All of those things work together. Like we've said many times, you don't get a cherry tree when you plant green beans. So if the solution looks like green beans, it is not secretly the cherry tree. The green bean solution doesn't bring you the cherry tree blossoms. So if the cherry tree blossom world is the one that you want or whatever is the tree or the fruit or the garden of what you want, the solution will look like that and it will be that. It won't look like something else. So we must have the courage to stand in this in-between space to hold tension of both worlds and to stand in between both worlds in this moment just before and just after 
just in between, just now. It's asking you to be in just now, only now. Because we don't know when the next door will open to us, even though it is already open somewhere. How can we create our own stability? How can we learn to fly potentially and find perches of stability without feeling like we need to be enclosed with stability at all times? It's the bravery of now, the bravery of between that's being asked of you. And that will bring the bliss of your imagination forward. It's the desire and the surrender and the courage cultivated in this between now. So how can you be there? How can you be there blissfully? What does it look like to pull bliss into uncertainty? And how can that be your lantern and your guide and your way forward? Thank you for sharing that with me. We were quite non-linear today as we went through some of these astro changes. Um, and my apologies for that, but hopefully there were some nuggets of helpfulness in there or perspective or something that nurtured you in some way. Um, if you'd like something that has more linearity, you can grab the free prompts for this month below, or you can also find the videos over at Patreon. Link for that is also below. I hope to see you all on October 31st, whether on technology or in spirit, and be sure to save $10 on your spot by registering by Saturday night. Thank you all for sharing this with me this week. Thank you for being here, and see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the conversation, please leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and consider sharing the episode. I would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to tag me on Instagram or send me a DM. I would love to meet you and hear what you thought about the conversation. And we'll see you next week. Bye.